0: Hey guys, I am Nyla, the host of the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast, and I'm so happy that you have chosen to hang out with me for a little bit of your day. I know time is a limited resource, so I don't take it lightly that you are deciding to spend some of that limited resource of time on this podcast. And... I just pray that it's a blessing and that you feel so encouraged and that you hear the Lord speaking to you through what me and my guest today are talking about. And I just pray that when you're done listening, you think that was time well spent. So today we are talking about something a little different. We're talking about intentional living, but not necessarily through the lens of food or exercise or body image like we typically do on this podcast. So today I have on Rebecca George. And I'm going to read her bio here. So Rebecca is the founder of Radical Radiance, a podcast community where listeners are equipped to blend what they love with the Jesus who makes them shine. She is a podcaster, speaker, and author whose greatest joy in life is discipling others to pursue their passions in a way that builds the kingdom. In her free time, you can find her running outside, writing, or trying a new recipe with Garth Brooks playing in the background. You can connect with her on Instagram or on her website, and I'll have all of that linked in the show notes. When I was done recording today, my husband happened to be working from home today, and I ran up to his office, and I said, that was a really great interview, so much good stuff, and I said, man, though, I just love her accent. She was so wise, but man, that that accent is just so beautiful, that southern accent. I think she said she was from Tennessee. I think that's what she said. And oh man, you guys, if you're from there, just such beautiful accents. I wish I had an accent like that. But um, tune in not just for her beautiful accent, but for the powerful things that Rebecca shares about comparison. And we talk about social media and how that can bring about comparison in our lives. And We don't just talk about the problem we talk about what can we do when comparison happens and we talk about what to do when God tells you to lay down something a good thing or when a God assignment is done and the sadness that can come with that and we bring in scripture and different bible characters we also talk about Philippians 4 and how you can use some verses in there to help you identify lies that you may be believing and we talk about how to live with joy and Rebecca redefines joy for us and shares what she thinks that is and how we can go about that kind of life, a joyful life, even if we have crazy busy lives and we're feeling overwhelmed. And she also shares her thoughts on balance and How we can actually swap in a different word for balance and how that can be very freeing in our day to day lives. And I just know that you're gonna love this conversation. It was really great. We could have talked for hours and hours. It was really, really difficult to keep it to a little around 30 minutes of a conversation, but really, really great. And she has an awesome book that I'm gonna link in the show notes. And I hope you go out and get it and give her a follow on Instagram. She is just the sweetest person. We both have about the same length of hair right now, and she cut hers shorter first. It's about shoulder length, kind of, so not super short, but I don't know if it quite considers medium length yet. But I had messaged her on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and I said, Hey, I love how you curl your hair. Like, give me some tips. And she was so gracious to send me back in a DM some of her tips for styling her hair and just so such a sweetheart, just so wise, so fun, Um, beautiful voice, beautiful accent, and even better, beautiful heart for the Lord. So let's not delay this any longer. Let's get you guys meeting Rebecca George. Here we talk about intuitive eating and Jesus. Hi, I'm Nyla, and welcome to the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast. I'm a certified health and life coach specializing in intuitive eating and body image improvement from a Christian perspective. I pray this podcast allows you to learn the skill of intuitive eating and tap into the awesome body wisdom God intentionally designed into you for food choices and exercise choices. This podcast will teach you how to have a peaceful and joyful relationship with food and fitness, the kind that God desires all his children to experience. I'll also teach you how to view your body as God sees it. I believe Adam and Eve were intuitive eaters in the Garden of Eden, and I'm on a mission to help as many Christian women as I can eat with ease and calm, as those two did all those years ago in that famous garden. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast. Today, I have a really cool guest on. I have Rebecca George on, and I'm so excited. We're gonna talk about some things that we haven't quite talked about on this podcast, comparison and um, just like feeling overwhelmed and just a different perspective than we normally talk about. We talk about intuitive eating here, but intentional living is very much so part of intuitive eating and food freedom. And that's what we're going to talk about. So welcome to the show, Rebecca.
1: Oh, Nyla, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just excited for our conversation.
0: So when I was, as you do, when you have a guest coming on, you kind of Google them and try sure, to read, you know you know how it is. Your podcast host. I discovered is your maiden name Dotson. Is that correct? Yeah, D o t s o
1: n. That's yep, It's my maiden name? maiden name.
0: Okay. Fun fact: My maiden name is Ditson So pretty much That's the same. So funny. That one letter difference. Isn't that fun? That is very fun. How crazy. Yeah, I just thought I would share that random fact with you that I found when I was stalking you a little bit, <laughs> preparing for <laughs> the episode. So. Yeah, and I love your podcast. I listen to it while I'm doing dishes and it's Aww, so encouraging and thank you. I think your coolest guest was I don't I can't remember his name but the voice of Larry the Cucumber. That
1: Oh my word. Yeah,
0: that's so cool that he was on your show.
1: I nerded out so much when I was going to interview him and you may have noticed at the beginning of Our episodes, we have our guests say, like, this is so and so, and you're Mm -hmm. listening to the Radical Radiance podcast. My husband had this idea of saying, you have to have him say, this is Larry the Cucumber in Larry the Cucumber's voice. And so that's actually what spurred us starting to do that. And so, uh, because we wanted, I I just wanted to have on record him talking like Larry the
0: Cucumber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I love Veggie Tales, and I have a friend group, so and they we call one of them Junior and one Bob, and I'm the Larry in the that's group. That's so, so fun. That's why it resonated with me even more because I I love the cucumber guy.
1: <laughs> yes, that's so fun.
0: Yeah, well, introduce yourself to my audience in case people aren't sure who you are. Just share how you spend your days and what messages you're really passionate about sharing with the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am a wife, a pastor's wife at that. Um, So certainly, you know, walking alongside my husband in ministry in that way. And I am an author, speaker, podcaster, kind of like you, Nyla, we wear a lot of hats, uh, which is what I love about what I do. And no day is ever the same. But uh, in general, I love having conversations and equipping women In what does it look like to radiate the heart of Jesus in all that we do? You mentioned the name of the podcast earlier. It's called Radical Radiance. And so that is such a joy. And I'm so excited about the message of the book that I have releasing. Actually, today, when people listen to this, which kind of is in that same vein of equipping women to take the gifts and talents God has given them and use them. For his glory and to build his kingdom. And so I'm so excited about that. And that's what I'm spending a huge deal of my time right now doing is having conversations like this with amazing podcast hosts like you and getting the message out there. So I'm mm-hmm. grateful.
0: And it's called Do the Thing, correct? That's the name of the book, Do the yeah, Thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do the Thing, Gospel Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go Getter Girl is the full mm-hmm. title.
0: I'm super into the Enneagram, and I'm an Enneagram 3, and I Think are you? Yeah, I was like, I think she's an Enneagram three. I oh think yeah, I heard that somewhere. So oh yeah, that all the subtitles really speak to my go-getter heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I will put in the show notes all the links to your podcast and to your book, so people can grab those and start listening to your podcast. But. So my first question for you. Actually, I was just about to dive into our questions, but I forgot. I have not done an interview in a long time. I've done a lot of solos recently, so I forgot yeah. that I have icebreaker questions, and those are so fun to do. So are you game for a few icebreaker. Oh, questions? Oh, I love
1: icebreaker. You know, you don't, you have no clue what you're gonna get out of me, but I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's okay if the answers are weird. The weirder, the better. Perfect. <laughs> so just okay. <laughs> So it is the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast. We talk a lot about how to heal our relationship with food using principles in the Bible and God's character. Mm -hmm. And so I ask just for fun, what is a food that you're really loving right now? And then what's a food that you're just not about right now?
1: That I love right now. Oh, man. Hmm. the first thing that comes to mind when I think about that is I'm going to say a meal. Instead of an individual food. Is that okay?
0: Oh, yeah. Totally. No okay. rules. Yeah. There
1: is this place called Kava. Do they have Kava in Canada? you ever had it? Like a Mediterranean place?
0: Not where I am, but maybe okay. in a different province.
1: Okay. It's amazing. And basically, there are these like grain bowls, grain and greens bowls Ooh. that you sort. It's almost Subway style, but it's like way nicer than Subway where there's like all the different topics toppings and meats or proteins, lentils, things like that, Mm -hmm. that you pile in your bowl. And I don't know, it is just so yummy and so fresh. And I just find myself craving it all the time. So that's something I'm loving and man, something I'm not loving. I don't enjoy seafood. I Mm -hmm. never have. And I don't know that I ever will and i'll like go places that have seafood with friends and they'll want me to try things and i just don't enjoy it
0: yeah i never have so yeah i think you have to grow up with seafood to enjoy it like i grew up yeah. with salmon and tuna and i like only those things but we didn't eat okay. shrimp or like mussels so i don't like that did you not grow up yeah. with seafood then i'm assuming
1: yeah i grew up in a landlocked state so <laughs> short of like beach trips on vacation with my family we were never really near good
0: seafood mm.
1: and so I think maybe that's part of it I
0: mm. don't know yeah yeah no I feel you on that it's gross when it like comes out of a shell and is like sluggish and I know
1: I want to love it I just don't you know
0: yeah and that is a okay you don't have to love everything
1: <laughs> totally yes. fine.
0: um my second question is about exercise, the same type of question. What are you loving for exercise? And then what are you not liking? I think you're a runner, correct?
1: I am a runner. I used to be much more of a runner. And so I will say we moved to a beautiful area about eight months ago that I'm just, I'm loving exploring as I have time. I also have a stationary bike at home that I really love using. So like, Specifically, right now, what I'm probably enjoying the most is these workouts that I do. They're sort of like a boot camp style, and part of it's on the bike and part of it is on the floor strength training. Hmm. And I think after I hit 30, I sort of started thinking a lot more about just the importance of just being stronger, right? Hmm. And so, and just how I feel when I'm strength training more consistently. And so, I'm really enjoying that right now. And man, I love moving my body. Like I can't, I, I can't say that there's something I would say, oh, I just do not enjoy that. Right. I think sometimes it's more of a matter of time for mm-hmm. me and setting mm-hmm. aside that time to do it, but I really do enjoy it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that can be your answer. I just don't enjoy when I don't have time for it because it feels yes. so good. Yeah, That can yeah. be your answer. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, love all those things. I also like to run, so I understand just the joy of being outside in God's creation, and um, I want to get a stationary bike. That is on my wish list, because those <sighs> found when I borrow my parents, when I'm at their house, it's just, you can get a great workout in 20 yes. minutes, and it's just, it's awesome. So, um a little jealous that you have one, but maybe <laughs> one day I will get one, yes, too. Yes, they're so fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so for our first question, let's dive into comparison, and what are your... Yeah. Your tips for women who are struggling with comparison. I know when I go on social media too much, the comparison just Mm -hmm. rears its ugly head so much. And whether it be comparing my business to someone else's business, my husband to someone else's husband, or just all the things, my appearance, what would you say to the woman who is really struggling with comparison today? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love this conversation because I think it's something that holds us back especially as women so so much and I have these conversations so often and and there's several things like comparison that we kind of unpack in the book like fear and doubt and insecurity and I I, I say this about any of these topics I don't think it's so much that we won't maybe feel that sting of comparison mm-hmm. at times right because we're human but when we do like where are we where are we turning in that, right? And are we staying stuck in that feeling of, you know, I'm not where she is or God hasn't called me to that specific assignment? How are we sort of reframing that? And so a couple things I would say. One is the more clear I am on what God has called only me to do and you know, the assignments He's given only me to fulfill. For example, nobody else has been called to be Dustin's wife. If you are listening and you are a mama of children, nobody else has been called to be mama to those babies, but you, right? And so praising God for those areas that he's called only us to do, right? And being really focused on, on him and how he's at work in and through us, but also on those assignments that he's given us that are really sacred and special. And so I think the more clear I am on my role, uh, the, The less I find myself struggling with comparison and also when I do, I think in that moment we have a choice, right? I have a friend named Deanne Carpenter. She released a book this year all about celebrating people and she does that so beautifully and a phrase that she uses in her book is like, let's walk around carrying pockets of confetti. Let's intentionally choose to celebrate other people, even when that that might be something that we also desire. For example, I have wanted to write a book for a decade, right? I had plenty of friends sign book contracts long before I did. And every time I, I felt that like, oh man, I feel called to that work too. and And they get to do it before God called me to. And yet I can also remember that wasn't my book to write. God didn't call me to write that book. And so I'm going to be faithful in the lane he's called me to run in and trust that when that day comes that he does call me to write a book. Then I faithfully chase after that and I celebrate how he's at work and other people. And so that all sounds really good and it's really hard to live. I recognize and acknowledge that, but I do think it's, it's an intentional choice of how we maybe turn from that feeling or that pang of of comparison that we feel at times does that resonate with you at all?
0: Oh, so much yeah, like I think there can be so much shame when we have a comparison thought that oh no, I just I shouldn't even be having this thought. I should be trusting God and being a hundred percent grateful and positive yeah speaking freedom over women saying it's okay. what's more important is what do you do with that thought? do you yeah get to God in prayer? do you pray for the person you're comparing yourself to do you Like, what do you do? It's like the concept of, it's been really helpful for me knowing if I make a mistake, the most important thing is what do I do with that mistake? Do I apologize? Do I intentionally learn to do better next time rather than getting in self-condemnation for that mistake? I was kind of thinking of that when you were saying that. and I was also listening to a sermon and he was talking about how a green fruit is not going to taste as good as a red fruit. And so what you Mm -hmm. were saying, it just made me think of that, how your book, if you did it when those other people were doing it, it wouldn't have been as beautiful and juicy and flavorful yeah. of uh, experience because it would have been a green season. It wasn't quite your ripe season to do the book. And that can be like for us, if you're wanting kids or to be married, if you had the thing you wanted right now, it might not be what you want for that experience because it's not that yeah. red fruit. So that's where my brain was going when you're That's talking. so good. I love what you're saying. So, so good. Um, Yeah. Um. I'm assuming that this kind of plays into this. Um, in your book, you talk about a thought, what, the thought inventory exercise. Yeah, I thought think life
1: is, inventory. Yeah, it's based yeah. on the Philippines
0: 4, I think I read. Yeah. It, how does that play into all of this?
1: Yeah, I think it's helpful when we think about comparison. I think it's helpful when we think about overwhelm or even maybe you're struggling to remember your identity in Christ and maybe you're finding your worth in what you do or a number on a scale or things of that nature rather than, you know, our identity in him and, and in the finished work of Jesus on the cross and and what that means for our lives, right? And so I love Paul's words in Philippians 4 where he's encouraging the church to think about certain things, right? And we, if you've been around the Bible a while or been around in the church for a while, you've likely heard this passage or memorized it, but uh, as have I. And yet about a year ago, I was reading this passage and I was just thinking through something I was struggling with in the moment. And if I'm, if I remember correctly, it was a moment of comparison. And I remember taking that to the Lord and and kind of filtering it through that passage, right. And, and thinking through, okay, is this true? Is this worthy of praise? Um, and and just kind of asking myself all those questions and walking through that, that verbiage individually that Paul talks about. And so the Thought Life Inventory that I take people through, there's two sets of questions. The first set of questions sort of identifies that thought loop that you might be in right now and asks questions like, is this true? Is this just? Is this honorable? Is this worthy of praise? And then the other list of questions is okay, well, if not, what is true? What is a good report? What is worthy of praise? And what does God's word have to say about this particular struggle that I'm facing? And so, Um, you don't have to get the book to, to walk through this exercise, open your Bible and flip to Philippians four and grab a journal. And I've done this many times of just walking through and, and asking myself those questions and then just spending time with the Lord in prayer as he kind of reveals like, okay, no, that is actually not what I say about you. That's not what I say about this particular situation, but this is the truth that you need to cling to. So,
0: Mm -hmm. oh, that's so powerful. Not just to say, this is a lie. But to take it that step further and say, This is the truth though. And like it over you. I had a client once, she um said you need to renounce the lie and then announce the truth. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of sticks with me because it kinda rhymes and that um so powerful to not just identify the lies, but like you said, well, what's true? If I found out I am thinking a lie, what is true? So so, so powerful, love that. Um as a woman, we were talking about how we just wear so many hats and it can mm. be so overwhelming to get the dishes done, get supper on the table, do the laundry, yeah, make your email inbox go to zero. Just all the things can be just like a juggling act. It can feel so overwhelming. And I know that you radiate joy, the joy of Jesus. So do you have any tips for how can we move forward and joy, even in really busy seasons of life, like maybe our callings are just busy toddlers and yeah. running businesses and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I would start with the truth that I think sometimes we think about joy in the wrong way right i think sometimes we define joy by in worldly terms and we sort of equate it with happiness right like my mm-hmm. life is easy i enjoy my work i love my family and it's kind of smooth sailing and so that means i have joy when in reality joy of the lord is such a different reality in our lives that we have as christ followers and is so beautiful and is um so a part of our relationship with jesus that you know comes alongside abiding in his word and spending time in prayer and walking in community with other believers and and experiencing him right mm-hmm. and so i think we misplace joy a little bit sometimes so i, I to your point because you said the word joy i i want to start there and then i would also say I think sometimes we're just not intentional about how we spend our time, myself included, and I'm raising my hand, right? And I think the the times in my life where I feel like I have a good rhythm, I feel like, okay, I'm getting, you know, my house clean, I'm getting my dishes done, there's a lot to do, but I'm managing it well is is when I step back and say, okay, this week I'm going to have to do laundry, I'm going to have to meal prep, I'm going to have to do, you know, these four or five things let me assign those tasks to particular days let me sort of really take a good look at my time and how I'm spending it so that I'm carving out time for what matters and and then from there in the margin that I have like asking the lord okay what do you want to do with this time that I have left and um so i think I think above anything, it's being a little bit more intentional in how we spend our time and what we spend our time doing. And I, I'm again, I'm so guilty of this. I spend so much time wasting, wasting so much time watching TV, scrolling my phone, which sure, that's fine every once in a while. But um, could I be more intentional with some of my time too? Absolutely. And so that would be a couple of the challenges I think I would give to maybe a person asking that question.
0: Mhm, just inviting the Lord into how do I manage yeah. my time this week, how you you help me God fill out my calendar this week and just see yeah. what He says, like what day can I fit in going to Costco? What day can I go visit my mom or whatever and just let him lead? I think sometimes people yeah. forget to invite him into even the quote unquote smaller areas. they think mm. I can just invite him into who am I going to marry or what college I'm gonna go to, but he likes being invited even to what should I wear today if you're not sure. Yeah so yeah I love what you're saying there um I I, well you were talking it made me think of Netflix because you're talking about tv and maybe the fact that Netflix is starting to charge for um you know know. maybe that'll be a good thing because now we'll be reading more if people don't like get their own Netflix maybe they'll read more books or do some other things it might help people or might force them to manage their time a bit more even though TV's okay it's just you don't overdo it but I was just thinking, maybe that'll be a blessing in disguise that people can't move off of other people's Netflix accounts. So um, it's just where my thoughts were going when you were sharing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love it.
0: Um, So you talk about just balance and harmony, because that is also a part of your book. And are those the same things? Or do Mm. they have different definitions? Hmm.
1: I think there there's a third answer, and it's that we strive for something called balance that, I don't know about you, Nyla, but I don't know that my life has ever felt perfectly balanced.
0: No, never. Right?
1: <laughs> I think that feels very um, out of reach. It feels like some, you know, lofty goal that we should all strive to achieve, but yet none of us really feel like our life is in balance. Right. And so I've wrestled with that myself. And as I was writing that particular chapter, I kept thinking about the word harmony, right? Like, and thinking of a choir, I love to sing. I sing on my, my praise team at my local church and it's beautiful to hear our whole choir come together and make this beautiful sound. Although all of us are singing different notes at times, right? And that comes together and sounds beautiful, and and it works. Uh, and I think our lives sometimes are the same in that we have a lot of hats that we wear. Um, there's a lot going on, and yet it somehow comes together and creates something beautiful.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: I do think there has to be intention in that. That's the call out, right? Of um, of not slipping into striving and worldly achievement and things like that. However, I think. For me, seeing my work from more of a harmony perspective, other rather than balance, I have found to be very helpful because I think balance is something that I don't know that at least for me I'm ever going to achieve. You know,
0: mm-hmm. I like that because when you're singing harmony, you're not singing the same thing. Like when I was trying to learn how to sing harmony, I what really helped me was the visual of a like an overpass, like a layered one in the bigger city. Yeah, where you're, you're like. I don't know. That just made me think of yeah. it, and so it's. I like that how you're exchanging the thought of balance for harmony, and we all know that harmony is so beautiful when we hear people singing it. So I love that. That's so good. Um. I had a thought, and now it is gone. I had a follow up question, and now I forget <laughs> it. Um. Oh, I I was a statement actually. I think I've never felt balanced in my life, but when I look at other people. I feel like they're balanced. I think that's where the struggle yes. comes. What do you think about that?
1: I, I you couldn't have said that better and I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that is a really creative way the enemy can try to convince us like, "Hey, everybody else is getting this right except you." Mm-hmm. Right? And and that's absolutely not the truth. And um so and I think the way that our lives are structured, how much time we're spending online, I think all of those things contribute to mm-hmm us feeling that way. I wonder if I could ask, you know, my grandmother, a similar question, right? 25 years ago, she and she still doesn't have social media. But, you know, do you feel the same tension of feeling like everybody else has it together, but you don't? I think in some senses, she probably would say, well, yeah, of course. But Mm -hmm. in others, she doesn't have that struggle of, you know, scrolling people, people's highlight reels of their lives all the time, like we do. And so I think that's, done nothing but contribute to the the times that we feel the exact way that you describe. I think that's absolutely true.
0: Yeah. Social media gives you this false measuring stick of seeing it yeah. enough because you can see day to day what people are wearing, what their work lives look like, but they're only showing a piece of it. But but then we're comparing it to our whole life that we see all the mm-hmm. pieces of. So we're comparing that small piece to our all of our pieces. Yeah. And it's just not a fair... It's not fair to ourselves to do that, but I am feeling like I've taken breaks off of social media just when I feel like God is calling me to do it, and I feel like he's calling me again to take an extended break off a month, maybe more, so it's super fun to go on Instagram. I like it. I find cooking recipes and just inspirational things, but just feeling that he's leading me to lay it down for at least the month of March. And in your book, you talk about what do we do when God says to lay something down? It might not be something small like Instagram. It could be laying down, like walking away from a dream career or a dream in any other area. So what are your thoughts on that hard thing when God says no Mm -hmm. to something that looks so, so good and is so fun?
1: Mm, Yeah, I've had to do this in my own life, and that's why I wrote about it, because it's so hard. And I think as as believers who, you know, we want to be faithful, we want to faithfully do the things God's called us to do, there can be kind of this almost guilt and shame that we can experience when a season comes to an end. And I know I've experienced that myself. And I just remember some truth that my mom spoke over me of, of just saying, you know, Rebecca, I saw you be faithful to what God called you to do. And he's leading you to something totally new. And that's beautiful, too. And even though this assignment's coming to an end, it's very much a part of God refining and and growing you. And, and that growth is going to be very necessary for where you're headed next. And so don't see this as a waste, right? That this thing is coming to an end, but more than mm-hmm. that, see it as, okay, this refined me and I choose to believe that God will use it in the future. And I know that's absolutely been the case in my own life. And, um, you know, so there are, there are moments where God asks us to lay something really big down there's moments where, you know, there's maybe you know, our capacity needs to change. And so there's a couple little things we need to pass off to somebody else. And so there's two terms I use in the book, macro quitting. So one of those big, mm, you know, okay. you know, big life season changes and then micro quitting. What are, you know, the times when we have to make a smaller pivot and things like that. So I love talking about that topic because I think we don't talk about it enough, but we all experience it, you know.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's fun to talk about starting or finishing something when you thought you were gonna finish it, like finishing yeah. building a house. It's not as fun to talk about, oh, we're actually gonna sell the house halfway renovated. We like it's just it feels kind of kinda like a failure, even though it's not a failure because the world yeah. defines success differently than God does. But when you were talking, I was thinking about um Noah. His assignment of building the ark, yeah. it finished and that obedience of him building when there was no sign of rain and never had been rain yet, that has touched and encouraged so many people to trust God when he says, do something yeah. when it doesn't make sense. And just thought of his life story and how that season ended and then he had to get in the ark and other things happen. But yeah, I just, I'm sure there's lots oh, of other so stories good. in the Bible too, where people's assignments ended, but it wasn't a waste mm, that they that's had right. that assignment for the time being. So yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on
1: that? I think you're absolutely right. I think of, um, I'm thinking of Nehemiah too, He, mm. when he was called to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and he faced, so in sort of the opposite way, he didn't quit this. He finished this obviously in um, a very short matter of time, but he was called to this great task and he had so much distraction in the midst of that. And that can absolutely be, um, another thing that we face. And so with Noah, it's, um, you know, God calling him to do something big and crazy that never been done before with Nehemiah. The same was a little bit true, but he experienced, he experienced a lot of distraction. And so I think that's another area that we can struggle with. So that that's another story that has personally encouraged my heart. So if you've never read through the book of Nehemiah, it's a great one. And, um, yeah, no, I think, I think you're, you're right on in saying, you know, um, it is something that we experience and, um, and yet God is faithful through that and will lead and guide us through those times. And, um, yeah. So, mm,
0: so good. I try to cram in so much in these things. <laughs> I know. That I can't is, believe we're
1: almost done.
0: I know it's so hard. I could keep asking you a million questions. Um, Is there anything on your heart that you just really feel led to share today with the listeners that we didn't quite cover yet in any of the questions so far? Mm -hmm.
1: There's a quote that's coming to mind from the book, and it it relates to a lot of what we're talking about. And it says, the outcome is his, Mm -hmm. but the obedience is yours right? Like the, the outcome of however God's at work in this situation, that's not all on you or up to you to figure out, right. But the obedient next steps towards where God is calling you, that is, that's on us, those faithful next steps. And so, um, that I know has personally encouraged my heart in the the last few years. So I hope that's an encouragement as well.
0: Yeah. Let God do his job and you do your job. You're not supposed to do other's jobs. Yeah. I love that. You should put that quote on a t-shirt and sell it in a shop. Maybe you already do. I'm not sure. (laughs) No, I don't, but it's a great idea. Yeah. Put all the memorable quotes from your your book and make a t-shirt collection and that'd be really fun.
1: But
0: yeah, thank you so much for spending some of your Friday afternoon with me and my audience. This is such a good conversation that I can't wait that it's going to air, well, today when people are listening to it. And yeah, just where can people find you online if they want to come hang out with you virtually?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm probably the most active over on Instagram. My handle is at Rebecca George Author and love to have you over on Radical Radiance. We release uh episodes the same day that you do, Nyla, on Tuesdays. And we're going to actually be having a series starting next week, where we're going to walk through each individual chapter of do the thing for 12 weeks in a row. And so as you read through the material in the book, you will have a conversation with me and somebody sort of a subject matter expert that I've brought in to kind of tease this out with me for each of the chapters. So that's going to be really fun.
0: Cool. Kind of like a mini book study, but through yeah. podcast format. That's so fun. Yes. I love that. That's yes, so cool. I'm excited. And I just encourage listeners, um, as I was preparing for this episode, I was praying, God, what's my thing? Like her book title Mm. is Do the Thing. What is the thing that you're wanting me to do? And he's kind of starting to reveal some things. I didn't get an answer the first time I prayed that, but I just kept saying, "Um, I thank you in advance that that answer's coming. And so I just encourage Mm. people to pray that. And also go get her book, go get Rebecca's book, because it's packed full of so much good wisdom and If you enjoyed today's episode, you're going to really love her book. And yeah, just thank you so much again, Rebecca, for your gift of wisdom and time. I really, really appreciate it. I know I learned lots today. So thanks again for coming on the show.
1: Oh, Nala, I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me.
0: Being a podcast producer means I can do podcast editing for you. I can do podcast upkeep, so help you manage and continue putting out episodes every week or every month or every second week, whatever is your decision for the frequency of your podcast. And I can also help you start up your podcast if you don't have a podcast already. But God has put in this idea on your heart for a podcast and you just don't know How to do that? How do I even get my podcast on Apple? What in the world is an RSS feed? How do I even record on my computer? It's just, there's so many moving pieces, but take a deep breath because I understand the moving pieces. So, if you want to know anything about my podcasting services, how I can be your podcast producer and make the transition into the podcasting world easier for you if you're not there yet, or make it more joyful, make the joy return if you already are wearing your podcaster hat and it's just feeling stressful, let me be on your team. Let me be your podcast producer and help just bring back the joy because joy should be a part of your podcasting journey. If you are interested, you can go to my website, nylaweave.ca and weave is spelled W-I-E-B-E. I I always tell people it's like dweeb but without the D. And that's all linked in the show notes. So you can find my website there and it has lots of client testimonies and just explains how it works to work with me. And I am so excited to hear about your podcast that you currently have or the podcast that you are just dreaming and praying over already. I love getting to help Christian women get out their powerful faith-based messages to the world. It's just really cool to be a part behind the scenes of getting these God-centered, God-glorifying messages out to the world. It's such a blessing for me too. So can't wait to chat with you about all things podcasting.